Hello and welcome to Yupcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie and I can't swim. Ouch. My name is Matt and you came in that thing or braver than I thought. <laughs> ah, so, so you've heard of my college exploits, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's what my wife says to my tube sock. <laughs> Is there is there an is there an Apple iTunes rating above explicit? <laughs> Childish, don't bother. <laughs> it's late. We're off to a good start. Yes. yes. Uh, dick and fart jokes will never not be funny to me. Do you want to tell them what we're doing today? <laughs> what we're actually doing is we are going to be talking about Tales of the Jedi. I know it's a little late, but in typical Yubcast fashion, we've got to watch it a bunch of times, then talk about doing it, and then schedule, cancel, schedule, cancel, and then eventually do it. What we're doing is we're going through the two main stories of Tales of the Jedi. So first, we're going to be doing the three Ahsoka episodes, and then we'll be doing another episode on the Dooku episodes. Yeah, we thought this was better than really dragging it out, because they're sort of... Definitely the Dooku ones are really connected, and the Ahsoka ones are just sort of three snapshots throughout her life. Um, so we thought this was a little bit better Yeah. than doing... I mean, there's only they're only like 15 minutes long a piece, too. Yeah, I mean, our dick and fart jokes are going to get... Re- would be really bad by, like, episodes four, five, and six. So this way you get prime material... Yeah, and as far as us not getting to this fast enough, our our first our first twenty episodes are about cartoons that were made forty years ago. So we're gonna get off our dick about this, okay? <laughs> we're fine. We're doing well, we're doing a good job, right? Yeah, yeah. We you know as good as we can. Like a lot of you, we have we have lives. Uh, we're important people. Um, well, you're important. I'm just kind of semi-important. I'm important to my family. That's about it. My mom says I'm cool. Yeah, my mom says I'm cool. My mom says my mom says I'm good looking. <laughs> Your right. mom says I'm good looking too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a long time ago, we had um, in our old condo, we had these we had these uh, Canadian neighbors there from Saskatchewan. So if we have anybody living in Saskatchewan. Maybe the, um, the Saskatoon area. How are you doing? But our, our neighbors, they were so nice. And they, they talked like this, yeah. And, and they they had the everything they said was, you know, eh? You know, and I, I always thought that was just kind of a joke. But one time my wife, uh, my son and I go uh, there to visit. And um, our, our friend's uh, mother is there. And apparently she said like, oh, Jamie looks so hot tonight to uh our friend who then related to my wife who then told me and now i'm just kind of like yeah yeah thanks my wife uh, sees it as a joke but i'm like hey somebody thinks i'm hot yeah take it where you can right like that <laughs> it's like that time it's like that time i was hanging out with our mutual friend um downtown at like an art thing and and uh we were at an art studio and um we realized that, we, that it was inside a gay bar and our mutual friend is, at least back then, was quite the bodybuilder. And so I, like, cozied up next to him. <laughs> like, we were together. And he just kept saying, get off of me, Matt. Get off of me, Matt. And I was like, why do we always fight in public? <laughs> but later we commented that uh, very few men hit on us. And so we 
we were probably not as attractive as we thought. Yeah, that's uh, my, my, uh, we have a uh, like a uh, there's a member of our family through marriage who um, was in the army, and we were talking about like um, gays being in the military, and he was kind of had a problem with it. And I'm like, dude, no, no, no guy wants to fuck you. You're lucky you've got a wife. Don't push it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no men, no men, and. Possibly one woman sometimes. <laughs> sometimes after after watching a lot of Property Brothers and uh, <laughs> and uh, Eastern Promises. God. Yes, my wife has a thing. Ego. What's that? I try. You would think she'd want to watch the Lord of the Rings movies, but no, that's a bridge too far. Oh, we got to work on that. No. no. I, my wife keeps telling me that we can watch Lord of the Rings movies because she has not seen them all the way through. But uh, I'm not sure I want to subject her to that. There's other things I want to watch more that I think she would stay awake through. Um, yeah, it's tough. I, those movies, yeah, those movies are a lift. Yeah, uh, they do hold up though. I will say that I watched them about a month or so ago when I was trying to get my son into it, and I just decided to go all the way through. Because I decided watching the Rings of Power show, so I was kind of like, oh, I'll watch Lord of the Rings and maybe try to get my son involved. But he he thought that was too boring. He hated reading The Hobbit, so I was just like, are you the, sure you're my son? The boy really liked reading The Hobbit, but I haven't seen The Hobbit. I haven't seen the new Hobbit movies um, because I at the time when they came out, I was like, I'm pretty sure you can read The Hobbit in about nine hours. Why would I watch a nine-hour Hobbit movie? Um but I want to watch them now. Yeah, they're they're serviceable, but it's kind of like, why did they? They're just milking it at this point. I mean, there's a there's a lot of good uh, in it. It wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't Lord of the Rings, that's for certain. But they were enjoyable. Have you done any Star Wars this week? Um, other than prepping for this and then watching Andor and salivating. Um, just because I really love Star Wars, not not because of the awesome uh, space battles or you know, prison escapes or other cool stuff. Spoilers, I'm, but I'm sure everybody who's listening to this is watching Andor. Um, yeah. I haven't. I've just been kind of just waiting for like new Star Wars books to come out because I've been kind of um, I've been kind of uh, dragging the bottom of the barrel as far as like Audible books. Like yeah, there's like too. a there's a bunch of like, there's a bunch of um, you know like sci-fi, um, how what do you want to call them? Um, like book series that I that I, I read that I enjoy, and they're kind of ranked as like what ones I ones I enjoy, and one was kind of like, eh, all, right, all right, and right now I'm at the eh, all right. Um, so and I'm actually trying to speed through one of them right now because there's another one coming out that I really want to read. Or well, listen to, um, in coming out in a couple of days. So I gotta finish this one before I can get to that one. But long story short, no, I really haven't done anything Star Wars related. How about you? Um, so just to sometimes we do this in our recordings, and since I've been doing a lot of editing lately, I notice it. Um, sometimes we put a landmark in where we are in real time since we publish so later, so much later. So right now it's the week before Thanksgiving, 2022. And the season finale of Andor is about to come out mm-hmm. um, in a few days. So we haven't finished up Andor. So I've been 
getting my wife to watch Andor with me in a rewatch. So we're we're powering through Andor. We just got to see uh, episode three. She really liked episode three. That's the Morlana or sorry, Ferrix sort of revolution episode. Um, so she really liked that. Um, and I've been I've been going back through the High Republic Phase One comics. So I've got, I've reread all of the Marvel ones, and I'm gonna go. I never read the IDW ones, and so I'm gonna start those tomorrow. I've got a very short week of work next week because everybody's out because I'm a government employee, and you give government employees a day off in the middle of the week, and everyone takes the whole week. Yeah, I miss my my old job. Um, I worked for a software company in, in education. And everybody would take the we, – we would just actually just get two weeks off like right around Christmas because the, all the schools were closed. Nobody would be there. So they just – they figured out how to like we're, uh, we're going to observe this holiday but on this day. So they would find like holidays to observe so that we would technically just have free time. And two weeks is, is pretty great instead right. of just making us work. Around you – know, trying to make us make us work like asking us how like the uh structure of the website works and how to uh badge ourselves in and whatnot yeah do do code review for two weeks yeah someone has no business looking at code (laughs) um that's the other thing that's happening right now is twitter's melting down so when i when i post this episode and say find us on yubcast hopefully yubcast is still there on twitter Mm -hmm. but uh what was i gonna say Oh, around here um, for Thanksgiving, this year they're giving the students Friday off, of course, Thursday and Friday off. But they also gave them Wednesday off and made Monday and Tuesday half days. Oh, nice. And I'm like, yeah, my... just cancel the week. Like, yeah, my... you, know, you know we're recording late because I was helping eat, uh, the boy with his algebra homework. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, just cancel the week. Why am I doing algebra at 9 o'clock at night on a Sunday? Please, just cancel the damn week. Because you should have been doing it earlier. Shut up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> like I did with my daughter. Oh. <laughs> you know, one thing that's nice is is having kids far enough, like they're cl- or not far enough, but they're far enough apart to where they're doing their own things, but close enough to where one of them remembers all the math stuff. So, like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can, you know, help with math, but it's, there's some. St- just phrases and stuff like that. So I'm just like, I have no idea what this is. Hey, you boy, get in here. Um, tell her how to do this thing because there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, I don't remember. That was too long ago. Yeah, the boys are the boys are far enough apart, and and the older boy is pretty advanced in math. That the other day, I mean, they're both advanced in math, but they're three grades apart, right? Because of their ages. And the other day, I couldn't help the younger one with his homework. Because I was doing something for my wife, and I told the older boy, I said, "Can you just check his homework?" And he went over, and he was actually quite, quite um, a good proctor for his brother's homework, and he was being very supportive and very um, explanatory, yeah, very thorough. It was very, it was very heartwarming to see. It's like, oh, they can help each other. This is good. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's. It's great. That's the one time, like, where like my son isn't trying to like boss my daughter around. That he's actually like nice and trying to show her how to do things, and he's not doing it like maliciously, um, to where she'll eventually lash out, and then she'll get in trouble, and then he's just like, "What? I didn't do anything wrong." Yeah, the coda to that story is I left the room, and one of them slapped the other one in the face. But 
It happened so much, I can't even tell you which one did it. <laughs> yeah, I get so... I, for, for a while, I had the the boy convinced that there was uh, cameras in the house. <laughs> he's, he's too smart for that. <laughs> yeah, you just do it to get him used to a police state. Yeah, because he's like, so where are the cameras? Like, and To the point where like he's, you know, he's screwing with me. Yeah, I can see him walking around the house testing whether or not there's cameras in each room. <laughs> All right. Um, so that was, yeah. So I'm catching up on the High Republic comics, and I really need. I, I'm sitting at my desk right now in the Yubcast Studio East, and I'm looking at that Rebel comic that I bought you. It's still sitting mm-hmm. on my desk, so I'll get that mailed this week, so you can look at that. Because I was also looking through that. I haven't actually started reading my copy of it, but I was flipping through, and it just looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Really excited about it, and we actually see Caleb in today's episode. Yeah. Um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but should we move on to the episode, or is there anything yeah, else you want to talk about? Oh, I've got a lot to say, but it's nothing to do with Star Wars. All right. That was a little ominous. <laughs> um, all right, so... All right, so today we're going to talk about three episodes, as Jamie stated earlier, three episodes from the six-episode... Six episode short series, mini series called Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. All right, so the original air date was October 26, 2022, on Disney Plus. They released all six episodes the same day. Um, the episodes all range in length from 15 to 20 minutes ish. Um, so today we're going to go over the three episodes. Uh, they don't really, I mean, they have an order on the website, but. Um, there are three episodes about Dooku, three episodes about Ahsoka, and the three episodes about Ahsoka are what we're, what we're going to cover today. And the first one of those is called Life and Death. There aren't a lot of characters in this one, um, um, but I do want to point out real quick that the director is Nathan Villanueva. It's someone we've talked about a lot um, previously because he directs a bunch of Clone Wars episodes and he directed a ton of Bad Batch too. So if you want to know all about his career, you can go back and listen to some of our Bad Batch episodes um, including Aftermath um, which is where we talked about him the most. So so we're going to start with Life and Death. And there's three episodes and they sort of cover three different areas of Ahsoka's life. Life and Death is about baby Ahsoka. So um, the show opens up and baby Ahsoka is born. Her father is super proud, running around. And she is named Ahsoka in front of a village elder. And then about a year later, Ahsoka's mother is carrying her around in a baby Bjorn. We learn her name is Pavti. And she wants to take baby Ahsoka on some traditional hunt. Her father sort of objects, saying that that's for the old old times. They have sort of this back and forth about the value of traditions. They start singing Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> um, Tradition. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he is up on the roof at this time, too. Um, putting shit oh my. on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she takes the rifle and heads off to the woods. The elder sees her off. The elder's name is Gontika, and she rubs some blue dye or residue on the foreheads of the mother and daughter and says something in their native language. These are Togrudas or is that how you say it? Togruda? Togruda. That's how I always assumed it. Yeah. So they're they're Togrudas. They're 
they look like Ahsokas, right? They've, they're orange skinned and they've got sort of these white and blue striped um, tentacles coming off of their heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the um, fact that they all have, I mean, we, we, we've all seen Tugurdos before, but they all have very different uh, patterns. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, that's a good call. And even like Ahsoka, like her, like the her facial like pattern it changes she just has like four dots so right. i guess as they mature they're um i don't say leku yeah that's the word i was looking for leku leku gets bigger and they um and their their faces um the white patterns um change you want to talk about baby ahsoka's design sure like she, they do, they do a good job of doing like a humanoid baby, a huge head, huge eyes, um, and the her leku are basically almost flush up against her head because we yeah. knew we know that from like <laughs> that seeing Shakti, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about birth, yes, yeah. We're assuming that they're born vaginally and not like hatch out of an egg, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see we see like Shakti and like the movie she's got super long leku and apparently it's like as they age we see younger Ahsoka with like like teenage Ahsoka with short leku and later in life they get longer and longer and then when she becomes live action they get shorter again. Um, but that's more to help Rosario Dawson do stunts rather. Yeah, than... like so she doesn't like like have to go to physical therapy for neck pain. Right. I'm just teasing. But I, I really like the design of Ahsoka. I think they get the proportions well, good for a baby. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, so one thing um, that I was thinking about is that like every like like um, species in Star Wars that's not human kind of has, and this is for good or for bad, Lucas made them sort of like um modeled modeled them kind of after a, a a nationality an ethnic group an ethnic group yeah and 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 on our planet so uh is it more are we going for more like um like indian pakistani yeah so that's i didn't put that in the notes but I almost put that in this paragraph here because we, because when Gantica is talking, she's speaking with a very heavy Southern Indian accent, and it is pronounced. And I, I should probably look up the actor, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> I, 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 we haven't talked about it a lot in Clone Wars because we haven't gotten to like the Scottish lemur planet, but we did talk about it with like cham being like french mm-hmm. right and like speaking with like a french accent and all the twi'lek speaking with french accents but this is what this is what they do and they continue this i guess dave filoni is continuing this tradition of like like let's give them accents to make them seem exotic or foreign or different or something mm-hmm. i guess it works but it just doesn't feel great and this yeah. is why I'm not looking up the actor's name because it could be something really bad. But yeah, I would say that I would say the accent is Southern Indian. Okay, cool. Sorry, not to der- derail things. No, it's it's valid. All right, so um, overall, the village is pretty primitive, but there are droids helping put shingles on a roof. Um, so, yeah, there's so weird you... small bears. Sorry, the weird small bears that Gantica is feeding mantle mix to. What were you gonna say? Yeah, so you. 
you'll notice I think pretty much in every episode there's like these um, astromech variant droids, like uh, like the ones walking around like ostriches or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, didn't, I didn't uh, notice that was a through line. Was that in every episode? I think so. I've noticed it in in um, at least three of them. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, they're sort of they're sort of like on stilts. Mm-hmm. They're sort of walking around, almost like little ATTE or sorry, ATST walkers. Yeah, like the one the one on the roof is more like a I don't know. It's built more like it's it's got smaller legs, but it's it's built like it's specifically for roofing. I was sort of hoping they would put like one of those ant droids that was building Luke's temple, um, in I guess that was Book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. episode of Book of Boba Fett. Um, that would have been a fun callback, but I guess they didn't think of that or didn't want to do that. Yeah, or probably they're already the stuff was already animated, so. Yeah, that's a good point. Timeline. All right, so in the woods, they're walking through. Uh, Pavti's walking through the woods with Ahsoka and the baby, in the baby carrier. There are animals like monkeys jumping from tree to tree, and the mother and baby keep going deeper into the woods. The canopy is thick. Um, Pavti explains their ecosystem to Ahsoka. There are these large flowers that release spores like a dandelion. It's very picturesque. It looks like any fo- any deciduous forest or evergreen forest in our area, depending on. The tree type. They hear a kaibuck bleating, and they approach cautiously. Mm-hmm. I love that this is kaibuck. So in the Tardavoski Clone Wars, the opening sequence is um, Yoda riding on the back of a kaibuck uh, into battle. And that's where everyone knows kaibuck from. There's also a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a clearing, there are a few kaibucks grazing. The kaibucks hear something and smell something. Popti's still in the forest sort of looking into the clearing um, behind some trees. She raises her rifle and fires. Um, she's not too far from the village because everyone can hear the shot. Are you going to mm-hmm. say something? Yeah, so one thing that I don't know if you picked it up or maybe it's just me thinking that I'm clever is that in the High Republic books, the um, Togrudas aren't part of the Republic yet. And it's made, uh, it's made known that they're um, that there are matriarchal sp- species and that they're hunters. Uh, that like hunting is a big part of their culture. I totally, 100% did not connect that. But now all of the High Republic stuff with the Togrudas is flooding back, and you're right. Um, this is a dis- this is the display of that because the father doesn't want them to go, and she's like, nope, we're doing this. And the elder of the village is that old woman. And this, they're talking about how this is a traditional hunt that they all go on to honor the trees of their ancestors or whatever, <laughs> right? I mean, I think, I think that's literally almost the line, right? Trees or ancestors or whatever, because the, the husband's not being, or I shouldn't say husband, but father's not being very respectful of this tradition. Yeah, he's just, he could just be the baby daddy. I mean, he, he might just be the guy that just works on the roof. Right. And she's just like, eh, you'll do. <laughs> Depends on how patriarchal they are. They're matriarchal they are, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so they're not too far from the village, and the village elder hears the shot, and she sort of says a prayer. Um, Pavti and Ahsoka go out to see the fallen Kaibuk. It is not dead, but is gravely injured. Ahsoka is sad, and her mother tells her to face death and not to fear it. 
Pavati pulls out a knife to finish the job. She says a prayer again and puts the animal out of its misery. This is very ritualistic. Mm-hmm. She's very proud. She's saying it's a big one. And she's preparing to bring the kaibuck back to the village. I'm not exactly sure how she's going to do this, but um, she says she's going to carry Ahsoka and the kaibuck back. Ahsoka is currently out of her baby carrier and sort of sitting in the grass nearby, sort of just enjoying watching her mother tie up this dead kaibuck. Mm-hmm. Pavti is looking at baby Ahsoka and doesn't notice the huge tiger coming up to take the kaibuck from them. This is sort of what I assumed the tiger's um, motivation is. So I did, before, dear listener, before we started the recording, I looked up what this animal is called in Wikipedia, and it is called a tiger. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering what its motivations are. I'm just like, like a, I'm wearing a turtleneck, a smoking cigarette, just like, what are your motivations, tiger? I just don't believe that a tiger would attack somebody. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This ki- this tiger has personality, right? It's not quite a Bagheera or whatever like the panther that helps Mowgli out is called, yeah. but but it does it does end up having a personality. Well, wouldn't it be Sh- Shere Khan? Right, but I'm trying to I'm trying to pick I don't think the tiger's a villain and Shere Khan is irredeemably a villain in the Jungle Book, right? Mhm. But Bagheera but saying... Bagheera is the good one. Yeah, but right now it's the bad. He's sure. He's the bad one. Sure. We can we can talk about how at different phases whether or not he's being Bagheera or Shere Khan. <laughs> All right. So the tiger comes up to take take the kaibuck. Uh, Pavdi turns to turns and sees the beast. She growls to intimidate the animal, and then lunges for her rifle, which is for some reason not right next to her. She and the tiger tussle. She is thrown and recovers. And then she gets a couple shots off at the tiger. Once again, they're very close to the village. The villagers hear the shots and know that that's not right. And so the village starts charging out into the woods with their rifles. Pavdi is fighting to protect Ahsoka. She gets out a knife and gets in a couple slashes, but is knocked away. The tiger looks like it's about to eat Ahsoka when the villagers show up and start shooting at it. The tiger grabs the baby and runs into the woods. Pavti is obviously upset by this. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine right. the, the terror. Right. And now Gantika says another prayer. We cut to the tiger carrying Ahsoka deep into the woods. Tiger puts her down, and he sort of the tiger sort of starts to mend to his wounds from the fight with Pavti. Ahsoka sneezes like a little tiny baby sneeze, and the tiger looks down and growls at her and looks like he's going to eat her, but baby Ahsoka puts her hand on the tiger's nose and he calms down a little bit. Mm-hmm. This tiger is actually kind of cool. Um, I mean, it's massive. It's like a size of a bear. Right. And it's got like these weird like head crest, almost kind of like, um, it's not horny like a, like a triceratops would be, but it's, it's definitely something that looks like it would be like used for like budding. Um, right. And there's other Looks like there's other parts of it that have it too, so it's a very it's a very kind of cool design. I I, I appreciate them doing the extra steps, making something uh, believable. Yeah, these these little bony things are like just looking at it, um, just different part diff, different parts of it. Um, I don't know, like little armor plates here and there. 
Right. It's sort of like he has like a Klingon neck. Yeah. It's and I appreciate them like a lot of times in sci-fi and even Star Wars they'll have the um they like Avatar did this big time where like everything looks exactly like um they evolved the same. Um so like the the theme this animal doesn't look much like it. They do it all. It's very, very different. It it doesn't have like weird montrails or anything like that. It's just this completely foreign uh, looking animal. Right. And I, I can I can appreciate that because that's sometimes when that when it's well done, it can be cool. But other times it's just kind of like oh that's cheesy. No, I love this design. I think it's it's a saber tooth tiger, right? So it's got two gigantic teeth in the back. And you're looking at the photo of it on Wikipedia. It looks like its arms and its the back of its neck are armored. Mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah, like a triceratops might be with that um, bonnet. That's what they call that piece on the triceratops. But mm-hmm. the bonnet seems to be like underneath the skin in the sky rather than a bony protuberance. All right, so the tiger puts him down, or Ahsoka puts puts her hand on the tiger's nose. It calms down. It still growls, but she's not afraid. So the villagers are still going through the forest, and they tell Ahsoka's father, who's now named um, Nocti, that they cannot find her. He wants them to sweep the forest until they find her, and then they hear the tiger growl, and everyone raises their weapons. They're right at the edge of the village. Gantika tells them to wait, and then they see Ahsoka riding on the back of the tiger, returning to the village. Ahsoka, baby Ahsoka, is very happy to see her mother. The entire village is partially confused by this. Popti grabs Ahsoka off of the tiger, and she thanks the tiger, and he leaves. Um, Popti asks Gantika, how could this be? Gantika looks at baby Ahsoka and says, she's a Jedi. The end. So I was sort of hoping, well... What did you think of this one? We can just do a quick, just like a one-sentence thought, and and what did you think, and did it meet your expectations sort of thing, that we can do the whole thing at the end, too. Yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy this one because um, I actually, uh, I like seeing how all the different, like, uh, the designs are for, like, the different uh, Togrudas and, like, the, the saber-toothed cat and stuff. But this very, this whole thing just seems very much like a love letter to Ahsoka. And I'm kind of like, please don't ruin this character by doing this sort of stuff all the time. And that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, I think I liked it. I enjoyed it. I think it's cool. I like filler. I like backstory. I like all that stuff, right? I think if you're going to tell a story about baby Ahsoka, it should end with Blue Coon picking her up. Yeah, or her using the force to fling poop out of her diaper or something. But um, yeah, you would think that it would be more like... Like her, that's that's her beginning in the uh, to becoming a Jedi was her um, Plo Koon picking her up. Or... Like yeah, so so Plo Koon finds her somehow, right? We don't exactly know. We don't have a canon explanation of what happens, but she mentions it in the Malevolence arc that Plo Koon's the one that finds her and brings her to the Jedi Temple when she's young. You could have told the story of like toddler Ahsoka who's force sensitive. Who, there's like a rumor that there's a horse sensitive Togruta out here and there's no seekers and Blokoon's in the area and comes to meet her and everybody knows that this is what happens. The Jedi has come and take the horse sensitive children away 
and they have this bond, and he spent some time in the village, right? You could have done it, right? Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they will do that again, but it's it would be that would be way more satisfying than her convincing Shere Khan not to eat her. Yeah, personally. but wasn't actually she taken before by pirates or something? Um, that What's said this? that I I originally thought that he didn't he wasn't the that her backstory was that yeah he's the one who brought her to the temple but there was some something that happened in between oh, um, I, don't, I don't know that story then I, I, I'll have to look that up yeah I'm pretty sure that she was taken um, as a like but because she was recognized as a, having force abilities but, but she was taken by somebody who was not um, not Plo Koon or not, not a Jedi and then he rescued her Okay, well, let's look into that then. Um, I don't think we're going to solve it tonight. But I honestly don't, I just don't know her backstory. Um, so that's my bad. All right, we're getting a little long in the recording, so I, do you want to move on to Practice Makes Perfect? Oh, yeah. So, sorry, around the same time, however, Tana was nearly enslaved by an imposter who intercepted the signal to the Jedi Order and hoped to use her powers for their own ends. Boom, I was right. Okay. Wow, nice. like to know what... what where that story is located. Um, probably in a comic. No, right. Clone Wars. Oh, it's in Clone Wars. Okay. All right. I just forgot that then. All right. So the second episode we're covering is Practice Makes Perfect. And this takes place um, during the Clone Wars. Most of it. So at the Jedi Temple, Anakin is late for something. He's running down the hallway. He comes into a training room where Ahsoka is fighting droids. Like uh, training droids, and Plo Koon, Yoda, Mace, and Obi Wan are there. Terrace and Ube is there too. Um, there's a little bit of Obi Wan banter. Obi Wan is rocking a pretty wonderful mullet. Yeah, and Anakin's hair is still pretty short. Yeah, this is some sort of test. She's in. She is inside a force field, and there's these new training remotes. She's deflecting blasts. She's doing great, of course, and she disables the probes quickly. And we see um, a cameo by Caleb Doom, and he's there with Depa Balapa. So there's a lot of a lot of background candy in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Anakin goes and talks to Ahsoka after her demonstration. Uh, Anakin's not impressed. He basically says fighting droids or fighting probe droids is one thing; fighting in battles another. She follows him out in the training room and asks him what his problem is. Anakin. Says it's a bad test and proposes a different test. Ahsoka agrees. Obi-Wan and Yoda look on ominously. Um, Anakin takes Ahsoka to a different facility in a troop transport where Rex and the 501st are. Anakin tells the clones to set their blasters to stun. And Anakin, or, sorry, and Ahsoka stands in the middle of about a dozen of them and they start firing at her. She deflects a couple of blasts but is stunned and blacks out. She wakes up after an hour and Learns that Jesse has stunned her, which is a detail I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, so she staggers to her feet, and they do it again. She's almost immediately stunned again. And they do it again, and again, and again, and again, and yeah. again. I counted this... there are nine partial cycles shown in this first sequence. Yeah, this is... I enjoyed it at the same time. This is like um, this is like the NFL and the CTE issues. It's just yeah. Like... I didn't. I didn't draw that exact parallel, but I'm like, this is pretty fucking abusive. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, can't remember her name, and uh, she decides to run for uh, a governor. Uh, 
Senator. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Senator. <laughs> I mean, like, her getting blasted over and over and over again. Like, she's staggering, and they're like, you're waking up faster this time, right? <laughs> it's it's really abusive, right? We see nine partial cycles. Rex says he doesn't know how much more she can take. Anakin points out that she's waking up faster. Yeah, and it's like, oh, she'll be fine. Yeah. That's like when, like, um, your kid gets hurt. And somebody else is like, oh, are, are they okay? And you're like, oh, they're fine. Anyways, give me another beer. Yeah, Anakin Anakin goes full Little League Dad here. He's like, he's like, get out there and take your cuts! <laughs> like, don't swing at garbage! No ice cream on the way home! Ahsoka complains, but Anakin says that this is him teaching her to protect herself. Basically, if she can survive against the 501st, she can survive against anything on a battlefield with a blaster. She is motivated again, and she tries again. They line up, she's doing much better, but she's still knocked out. That time she lasted five minutes. It was very hard to track how many more times they do this. It is several more times. Yeah. And I also started thinking about the timeline here. The first time she was out for an hour, let's say that we see her get stunned 14-ish times, and she is, quote-unquote, waking up faster. That means they were there for at least all day doing this to her, mm -hmm. if not multiple days. Yeah, and it's implied that this is happening all the time. Right. Like, because it shows the patches of time at, at a certain point she has two lightsabers. Right, so when she has the two lightsabers out, she's doing much better. Mm -hmm. And and then, but Rex still stuns her. Yeah, and then... He, Somebody draws a dick on her forehead. <laughs> right. And so this is this is just like a training montage. This episode boils down to like a training montage of her getting better and better and better. And then you flash forward to a scene in the Clone Wars episode Life and Death, which we have not reviewed because we are 120 episodes away from it. After Order 66 is given, Rex tells Ahsoka... Let's hope all that training pays off. And they head into the hangar to the final battle of Clone Wars, where the entire 501st has assembled to take them into custody or slash kill her. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really good ending. And it's kind of like, well, Anakin failed big time, but his his final gift to her was teaching her how to survive Order 66 without really realizing that he was teaching her how to survive. Survive Order 66. Yeah, it's like a force will find a way sort of ending, right? It's her exact training. You know, like in Kill Bill, when um, she gets buried in the coffin mm -hmm. and has to, like, punch her way out. And then you flash back and you see, like, her training with the Elder was mostly just her punching a piece of wood from the length of her fingers um, away mm -hmm. and trying to, trying to work up the strength and the... Strength and the, and the ability to deliver that much force from that that short distance. I know that movie is beyond fantastic realism, but it's like I'm glad your training was exactly the situation you found yourself in. Uh, it's sort of like that. It's it's a little Deus Ex Machina, but it's also plausible in this context mm -hmm. that Anakin would push her this hard and that she would rise to the challenge and and do it and then find herself in that that situation also anytime you reference life and death in star wars you're winning yeah that i watched that's something i didn't say um but i watched that episode this week just because i was in the mood for it and i wanted to see that 
crash, that that cruiser crash. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. I just love it, the whole thing, start to finish. So I'll, I'll go first about what, what I ultimately thought about this one. I love the tie-in to Clone Wars. I love giving her this backstory of training. I love all of the Easter eggs in the background. I love it all. This is basically a training montage episode. So it doesn't doesn't add a whole lot overall, but I think it's appropriate and I think it's fun. And linking it back to Clone Wars is always good. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, pretty much the same with me. I thought it was just, um, I thought it was a uh, great a little window into how um, he trains her because you never actually see them just training um it's it's always just battle after battle after battle with him maybe giving little words of wisdom or whatever but not you know you don't see time with him looking over her shoulder while she's in the simulator crashing or something and he's just like like what the fuck are you doing and so it was kind of cool to see that um um aspect of it and just the the little easter eggs with the various jedi uh Balaba and um Kanan uh sorry Caleb at this point and then just um and then just everything that happens at the end I thought it was just great was just, and then tying it in to uh the very end it's just like oh 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 this explains it how she was just <clears throat> able to survive order 66 like right especially right at the beginning cuz she's surrounded Right, and and some of and some of the moves she does in the two lightsaber um, drills that she's doing are some of the same moves that she does on the bridge of the cruiser, like the flip mm-hmm. and things and the turn. And so, yeah, it, ma- it makes it it makes the physicality continuity establish the physicality continuity as well. So, yeah, Just everything about it was great. And there's even like I'm not sure if it's this one or the Dooku episodes. You see, like Jedi who you haven't. Um, Oh no, it's the, it's this one. Um, There's the, Jedi the, in the hallway, right? Yeah, the the Nick the Nikto um, Jedi who ends up dying um, in Clone I'm a gonna Wars. Dee. I'm a gonna D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in the hallway. That's that's a lot of fun. Like I said, this is full of nice little Easter eggs and things. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have anything else to say about this one, or you want to move on to Resolve? Uh, let's go to Resolve. All right. Here comes the continuity bomb, guys. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, Pad. This opens up at Padme's funeral at the end of Revenge of the Sith. We see Mon Mothma and Bail are there, and Bail looks up and he sees someone looks like Ahsoka in the crowd. But when he looks again, she's gone. In an outdoor corridor, Bail confronts Ahsoka and says she shouldn't have come. She turns and faces him. She says she just wanted to say goodbye to her friend. Clones are coming, and Bail tells her she must leave. The clones are sort of pursuing them. They're like a patrol. They're not actively pursuing them. They're sort of passively pursuing them. Out on this sort of gazebo, um, Bale gives her a comm link. She says she doesn't want it, but the clones catch up and she has to disappear. Bale turns around and she's gone. They have the Bale has this weird conversation with the troops as they search him, where he's really talking to Ahsoka, who's sort of perched on top of the gazebo as the clones tell Bale he's in a restricted area. He says that um, even though times are hard, they still have duty and they have there's still a fight to happen. And the clones take him away and he says, just tell me if you need anything. And the clones just act confused why he's yeah. talking like that. He's probably drunk. Yeah, one of them just like shrug. They look at each other, one shrugs and just kind of like, I don't know. 
So you see Ahsoka drop from the top of the gazebo down sort of this cliff. Um, then we catch up with her at the river where she said her ship was, and the Y-Wing is down there with Rex. This is the Y-Wing from the end of um, Victory and Death. And they take off and leave Naboo. Flash forward an indeterminate amount of time. They are on a farming planet, and they are harvesting hay. People are harvesting hay. Bales are being loaded onto a hover cart with a droid. A sister tells the brother that the bales are stacked too high, and he ignores her. The droid keeps adding bales to the cart, and then the whole stack tips over onto her. These bales of hay fall all around her, missing her entirely. Ahsoka is standing there with her hands held out. And the elder says that she was lucky, but the sister saw Ahsoka do this. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about where we are right now, or do you want to do that later? Yeah. Um, so you said bail a lot. I sure did say bail uh, a lot. <laughs> but in the fact um, is, do we want to get into the problematic parts of it, or do we just want to just soldier on? Because good soldiers soldier on. Good soldiers follow orders. Good yeah. soldiers follow continuity errors. Yes. So in the Ahsoka novel, they sort of describe this period of her life um, in great detail, including just about every aspect of this episode. Um, we'll just we're just going to tee it up. We'll talk about it when we're done with the summary. I think is probably makes the most sense. Tee it up that we're aware of the continuity issues here and how this became an argument. Um, so we'll just soldier on for now. Later, mm-hmm. at a break, they're all sitting around eating stew together, but Ahsoka's off by herself. The sister comes up, calls her Ashla, and asks if she will sit with her. Ashla goes over and joins the crew, and they're complaining about the Imperial quotas. The brother, who overstacked the bales, is defending the Empire, comically. Like, this is a very short one, a very short episode, so everything is sort of told in an abridged fashion. Mm-hmm. Um the Elder complains about the Empire. The sister is being sweet to Ahsoka, giving her tea, and saying that they're safe, but not because of the Empire. It's sort of like a wink at yeah. Ahsoka. Yeah, she pretty much does everything to pretty much uh, out her. Right. These are, once again, this is a very short episode. Economy of storytelling, there's just no subtext at all. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just all, all right on the page. The sister says they have to take the load to the next town. Ahsoka says that road is dangerous. And she says, we'll be, we'll be fine because you're a Jedi. Um, Ashla denies this and says she's not a Jedi. But the brother, the pro-imperial brother, overhears this conversation. The next morning, they're leaving. And the elder is telling them to haggle about the price for the hay. The brother yells, may the force be with you, in a mocking way as they leave. Yeah. It's very, it's very gross. Mm-hmm. Um, the next night, they're returning with less money than they expected, and as they get to the village, they see that it's burning. There are dead people around, and the droids are also destroyed, and some members of the village are tied up, including the brother. Yeah. Um, there's a red-bladed lightsaber that's dragging on the ground, the Inquisitor holds his blade, blade up to the throat of the brother and threatens him. Basically tells him that he lied about the Jedi being there, and that he expects favoritism from the Empire because he thinks he's helping them. Just then, Ahsoka shows up and says he wasn't lying and demands that the Inquisitor let the people go. The Inquisitor goes to kill the brother, and Ahsoka pushes the brother out of the way of the Inquisitor's blade using the Force. 
this is probably my favorite moment. The Inquisitor tells Ahsoka that she's supposed to be dead and approaches her, and he calls her by name and then attacks. You want to talk about this scene? Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. This is um, that so so we know that like everybody thinks that Ahsoka's dead because because you knew what he was you knew he was going to do he's going to try to kill the brother because like they don't bad guys never uh, they never honor their deals. Um, and just I, the one thing I don't understand is how he, he all of a sudden now recognizes uh, Ahsoka. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what dawned upon him, right? But maybe he. Like maybe he didn't think she was real until she did that, right? And then once he did, it's like, oh, it is you, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I just love I love the line, and I know there's issues with this is both supposed to be the sixth brother, right? Mm-hmm. I know there's issues with his design. I think this looks terrifying. I think yeah. the burning village is gorgeous. I think this inquisitor design. He almost looks like he's wearing a plague mask, like. Like, not quite a plague mask, but, like, his mask is like a beak that's pointed down. It looks terrifying. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to... I wish I knew what species he was, because it... Because, well, fast forward, like, he he and Ahsoka battle, but she, she pretty much... She manhandles him. And she, he just tries to attack. She doesn't have a lightsaber, and she just immediately takes his lightsaber away from him and then just kills him which is might be the like one of the first times that you see ahsoka actually kill someone yeah that's a good point like she's always wiping out droids and shit but yeah she she just cuts this guy down like he's nothing it's really Mm -hmm. it's really incredible and really cold yeah obviously like this guy has just completely destroyed this village and so if anyone has it coming it's him yeah yeah it's um and it's and just goes to show like in Rebels, um, the where she kind of makes her presence known to the Inquisitors, there's two of them, and she just once again manhandles them. They are like they are no match for her, which is I think awesome. Ezra, I think Ezra says something like, "I need more training when he mm-hmm. sees when he sees her fighting them." Yeah, yeah. I just I just love this little scene. So um, after she after she takes his lightsaber. Sorry. Can I just say one more thing? I yeah, like yeah. how I like how quick it was, because a lot of the um, the complaints about like like when um, Obi Wan and Maul um, met on Tatooine, people complained about how quick it was. But it's just like, well, not every fight is going to be it's going to be tons of like back and forth. A lot of times it's just like one, two, done. And this was a very much like one of those things where she just immediately just like took the lightsaber, chopped him down. That it, it wasn't like back and forth, her having to evade or whatever, or using uh, something as as a weapon. She just kind of like I got out of the way a few times and then just grabbed it, cut him down. Yeah, I, I almost think since you brought up Obi Wan and Maul's fight, which is also one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. Um, it makes me think, are the Jedi holding back um, when they're fighting because they don't want to kill or they don't want to mortally wound? And now that the Jedi Order has fallen and they're in, they're in much more dire straits, that when Ahsoka goes in this battle and she's unarmed, she's like, I'm, I'm going to smoke this fool. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not fucking around. Like, I'm not fucking around. I No one, like, I'm, I may never see another Jedi in my entire life. I'm just going to kill this dude. And just walk on. And same thing with Obi Wan. Obi Wan's like, 
nothing there's nothing on this planet that'll let that maul maul cannot get any closer to luke than he is right now mm-hmm. nothing matters nothing matters except protecting luke i will kill i'm gonna kill this fool that's a uh it's very possible that's a very uh insightful take because like she's i mean ahsoka's not bound by jedi stuff like she she went out of her way not to kill any of the clones but this inquisitor fuck him who cares he's He's a dark side user. He's shown that he's cruel, and she's just like, I'm tired of this shit. He's also he also represents the author of her suffering, right? Like she's lost everything just like everybody else, and this person's here, like, like harassing a corpse, right? Like she she would have never, like like their continued harassment of her is what brings her back into the fight, right? She just would have laid low the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just crazy to me. Yeah, well, typical. That's how movies usually go. John Wick, total badass, would have just been content hanging out with his dog until some assholes uh, stole his car and killed his dog. Then now we're on the fourth movie. Um, how how many movies are just like some badass just wants to be left alone? People fuck with him, and they're just like then the ba- and the badass is just like okay, well. Now I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah, I have a special set of skills. Yeah. Or to go back to our Vigo, what's the movie where he's in witness protection or whatever? Oh, um, History of Violence. History of Violence. Yeah. Yeah, he was just like, he was just like a, almost like a, like a psychopath. Um, I want to say like hitman, but just like, he's just like some gangster's brother who was just oh, like off the rails, reckless, and he just decided like to change his life and just become a nobody. And then like these gangsters come in and then he's just like, okay, time to fuck shit up. All right. So the end of this episode, um, the inquisitor's dead and Ahsoka frees the sister or the brother, the brother and sister are upset about what happens. Ahsoka says they need to leave. They don't know where to go. As far as we can tell, there's only three people left from this village. And the next morning, Tanti four shows up. Yeah. And their survivors are on the ship to Alderaan, where they're going to yeah. be safe. Yep, super safe on Alderaan. <laughs> Ahsoka returns the comm link to Bale. He asks her if she's ready to re-enter the fight. She sort of nods. The end. Yeah. All right, we can probably do that. Do it now, right? We've already sort yeah. of touched on it, but um, there was a lot of controversy about this episode because the the novel Ahsoka. Which is written by E.K. Johnston. Is it, I think it's E.K. Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, her novel Ahsoka covers this period of her life, and her linking back up with Bale is completely different. Her interaction with the Inquisitor is significantly different, although ends approximately the same way. Um, and people have also accused this episode of whitewashing. Because there was a queer character in that book that doesn't appear in the short, and the villagers are not supposed to be white, um, as they were described by um, E.K. in her book. Mm-hmm. Um, some of this is probably just the format. Like I think this one's twelve minutes long. It's it's one of the shortest ones, and some of it is probably just. I think you and I discussed, like, I think Filoni has 
a lot of possession about Ahsoka as a character, and he retcons the shit out of her. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't seem to care how much he changes. They went to the point where if I own a version of the Ahsoka book that is no longer in print because they went and changed the book to match stuff that he wrote after the book about like how she got her lightsabers and the color of her lightsabers. Did he? Did, I thought it was just the colors. Was it? Did he? Did they also change how she got the lightsabers? No, I think it's just the colors. I think they changed okay. the colors and things. But, but, but he is not. He he doesn't consider this book. He's not bound by this book. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I find. It seems like he's learned the wrong lessons from Lucas. Yeah, it's um, supposed to be. It's supposed to be continuity, right? That's what they. That's what they told us. And they said there's not going to be different levels of continuity. And now people joke that this book is completely retconned at this point. Yeah, this book is the thing that introduced the uh, concept of bleeding crystals and healing the crystals. That's true. That's true. Like, and it ties in well with with um, um, Charles Soule's comics about the same because they're they came out around the same time, and and like his comics reference the bleeding that was discussed in Johnson's book. It is Johnston, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, so her book discuss, discusses this for the first time, and then Charles Soule uses that that procedure in his comics to describe, like Vader getting his lightsaber, and what what he does to create his lightsaber. And it's like this is also her book is great. I really like that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's a top top 10 book for me from the disney disney continuity yeah there's a lot of books that are kind of like uh okay well uh we'll just pretend that didn't happen um but this is this was this was not like as was like okay that book was terrible we'll just kind of redo it in a better way it yeah, did he's not not fixing a problem yeah no, I mean, he's just creating a problem i don't know i don't know why and they've been doing this, and it's it's coming up more and more. Can you run down your list? I wanted you to do this. Oh, okay. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll I can just do it off of memory. Okay, so there's this. This was this was a big one. Um, how Order sixty six went down with Caleb Doom and Depa Balaba. Another Filoni. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. That one bothered me a lot. Um. Let's see. Um, there's the lightsaber colors that they kind of, like you said, they changed the book. Um, oh, oh uh, Poe Dameron's backstory. They changed that. Yeah, so the Poe Dameron thing, let's, let's, let's rest on this for just a second. So they made Poe Dameron like a spice runner when he was supposed to be Top Gun. Mm -hmm. And like the kid of a Top Gun, right? So a kid of like a ranger um, who was raised in a military family, high profile, for some reason became a druggie, like a drug dealer for a short period of time. Apropos of nothing, right? Just to make, to give like a plot point to episode nine. It was very wild. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the one that you are upset about a lot. Um, okay, well, I'm getting to it. I found okay. the... Thing. Let's see, the battle with Maul. They changed that. Right. The, the way she and Rex parted ways. Um, pretty much everything in the Ahsoka book, I guess. The Cobb Vanth origin. They pretty much just 
I mean, that was another one. That was another one that didn't need to be fixed. Um, what what is it? Oh, did you say that was another one or no? Cobb Vanth was another yeah. was another one that there was nothing wrong with Cobb Vanth's origin story. Right. Yeah. It was. It's very similar, but it's not because he was. I mean, he was the sheriff, not the marshal. You know, he was a slave. He found the he found the armor on the Jawas. Um, uh, crawler, but he beat out another guy for it. Um, there's that. Uh, there's the um, Boba Fett talking to Black Crescenton, like they hadn't worked. They they didn't have a history together of like working together. Yeah, partial credit on that one, I think. But yeah, they they definitely work together in the Vader comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you. That's how they introduce Black Crescenton. Is with he's with Boba Fett. You see this like a almost like a full page thing. You're just like, whoa, that's an insane looking Wookie. Um, and I want to say that there was there, that there was something else that like I, it was on my list, but I forgot it. That they either like redid one of the comics or one of the books. It's always the comics or the books that get shit on. Right. There's. Well, I mean, there's also, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of little uh, an accumulation of um, continuity insults. I don't want to I don't want to let it ruin my enjoyment of Star Wars. It's just frustrating that that they would do it. And if I had to choose in between the Ahsoka novel and this episode of um, Tales, if they're absolutely incompatible, I'm going to choose the novel. It's just too good. There's just too much in it. It's too thorough. It's more representative there's it's just superior overall in my opinion i understand people make a different decision so i I just my my choice here is that this is just bad storytelling from the cartoons point of view and they just left off too much and then they they're trying to squeeze it into a 12 minute runtime it's still gorgeous i still love the inquisitor i love ahsoka killing an inquisitor i love that but yeah yeah the inquisitor is different um, how she kills the Inquisitor is different. She she actually doesn't even kill the Inquisitor. She just grabs his lightsaber and it like overloads and blows up in his face, killing him. And then she takes the crystals, and that's how she makes her lightsabers. Right. So it's so different that when this came out, people were speculating that this was a different encounter altogether, including E.K. Johnston. Like she tweeted like, oh, she kills another Inquisitor. That's fun. But then later Dave Filoni put an end to that speculation by saying, no, it's the same one. Yeah. I don't know why he's doing, I don't know why he's doing this. It's like, as a star, you expect somebody as a huge Star Wars fan would be like, no, I, we said we're keeping this consistent. We're going to keep it consistent. And he could have just, he could have abridged the book, but he didn't. He just, I mean, he stole very basic elements from the book and then just did whatever he wanted. Yeah. End of the day, he's in charge, not me, Um, but he could hire me. I've got a pretty unapplicable resume um, (laughs) to help you run, help you run um, Star Wars production. But uh, I, I I do have organizational skills that I've learned at my job that I could maybe apply to there. I've run large budgets, I'll put it that way. Budgets bigger than Star Wars. 
Um, so yes, this is my job application, Dave. I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's just I just um, since this has been out, I've had time to cool off and let it go, but it still really sticks in my craw because this is like for for one a it's your we were promised a regular continuity not just like like oh we can just pretend it's not really how it goes it was like oh they were just it was a dream sequence so that's why it's different or like instead of just a fuck you this is how it is yeah pablo pablo hildago on twitter not too long ago said something like the total timeline of star wars is greater than the whole of human history there's going to be different interpretations you're like i understand that but when you're having a first person account of something told twice and they're different that's a problem it's not Mm -hmm. like it's not like someone like reading a history book and trying to figure out the causes of the civil war but we still can't agree on wholly (laughs) But states' rights. Yeah, states' rights. States' rights to do what? What? Um, <laughs> but it's it's like like there's no when you're when you're watching something, it's not supposed to be an interpretation, right? It's supposed to be an account. Mm-hmm. And I understand this is fiction. I'm I'm not going to get too hot and bothered about it. But but Lucas's original concept was the Journal of the Wills, where they're reading a history book, basically. But that concept was abandoned because it doesn't make narrative sense as much as just watching something happen. And to say, like, like there's a version in Pablo's universe where in a thousand years, ABY, that the interpretation of the Battle of Yavin is completely different. And that the existence of that interpretation is the story, not that it's okay to have a wrong interpretation and present it as fact in a narrative universe. The story should be like, this is how the story changed in-universe. Not that both interpretations are valid, because right, it's a complicated timeline. Am I making sense? I don't know if I'm making yeah. sense. I just... It bothers me to an extent, and then when I calm down, it's like, it's just a story. Yeah. And I, mean, I, like, just, I like both stories, but the book yeah, wins. It just, it's, just, it's just laziness, and, and, or just... It's either laziness or just contempt. Um, it's really hard not to think that this is contempt. It's really hard not to think that he's doing this because it's Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. It's possession. Yeah, which kind of goes back to like, okay, I really love Ahsoka as a character, but you got to let it go. Don't shove it down our throats to the point where we're just like, she's no longer interesting. Um, and you're just like taking taken over everything about it. I don't know. It's like, it's a partially contempt, partially ego. He's been told his shit doesn't stink for a long time. I mean, like I work, I work in software development, and there's a lot of times that there's like, I really don't like seeing people like change, like code that I really worked hard on, that um, that was like successful in whatever feature that my employer used. I, I don't like it. At the same time, it's just like, eh, let's, I, I put it out in the world. It's going to get changed. Um, but I also am not like, if I was like head of my company, maybe would I be like, no, you can't touch this. Only I can touch this. There are people like that. I, I guess maybe I just don't have, I'm not high enough yet uh, 
in my organization to be like, no, you can't do this. Only I can do this, and I will do whatever to change, change it to keep to keep myself. I'm the only one who could do um, stuff with this. You know what I do for a living. Can you imagine if I did, did that at my job? <laughs> I'd be shot. <laughs> like, uh, no, you're wrong. You're not going to change anything about this program. I'm I'm the only one that can touch this program. <laughs> oh, I'm being escorted out of the building. Okay. Do <laughs> you have to you have to draw the guns? I'll just walk out. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. You you have to you have to let it go. You have to let the ego go. That's the mm-hmm. only that's the only thing that works. It's the only thing that could possibly work, right? Okay. So I don't know. I'm I'm not a felony hater. That's not what I want to come off as. I really appreciate everything he's done. I love Clone Wars. I love these things, these little things, and I really I think we should transition to sort of my last thought, unless you have more to talk about this. No, yeah, and I want to say I I yeah I I am a fan. And he's done a lot of really great work, but and like in the end, I'm I'm able to kind of let it go, or just let like time um, as time passes. I just kind of like okay, it's not that big of a deal. But let's we are sitting here recording a podcast about a fictional universe, so it obviously means something to us. And there are people who actually listen to us do this. And there are other people who are doing the exact same thing that we listen to. So it's obviously very important to us. So it's just very hard to kind of let that go. Um, when... Yeah, I think that's a great. I think that's a great point, right? So it is meaningful, and his actions do have consequences, right? And I can respect him and love his art, and still say, "Man, I really wish he wouldn't have done that." And that's where that's where I come down with this. It's like. It's like you're not the only artist here. Other people are doing great things too, and it, it feels like weird and a little disrespectful to to the other artists, the other authors, to say like like, well, my interpretation is different. When well, <laughs> your interpretation isn't fixing a problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame um, E.K. Johnson for saying what she said because she obviously knows she's got to play ball, or else she won't be writing for any more Star Wars. Actually, get wind digged. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's just like it. Just, I think the thing that annoys me the most is like, okay, there's gonna be some things here and there, but they just keep on happening. How much do the, you know, like if Filoni or Favreau or like even like eight, like I guess like Abrams, like. Just like oh, we don't like that aspect of the of whatever book or comic or previous movie. We're going to change it. Um, it just feels like nobody tells them that like there, there's there's no standards and compliance that says like no, this is you can't do this. This is certain things are immutable, and this is one of those. All right. So the last thing that I want to talk about, and I think next time we record one, you can you can do this to me. But I wanted to ask you if there were another one of these series of shorts, um, what would you like to see? And I'm going to give you a title, a hypothetical title of one, and you can tell me what two arcs would be most interesting to you. And I'm going to give you the prompt, the title of the series I'll give you is um, 
uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. So which two arcs would you like, which two Bounty Hunter arcs would you like explored? Oh my god. Well, you know, it's gotta be, one of them has to be Boba Fett. I'm because... asking what you want. Not what, not what everybody else wants, but if you have got to produce it, because you, you're not going to produce a Boba Fett cartoon. So you're, you're now Filoni. And they're like, we need two episode, we need two three episode arcs for two bounty hunters. Which two do you pick? That's the question. Huh. That is a good question. Um, I think I would. They have to be already known bounty hunters. Um, no, but I figured you would pick one that was already. Yeah. Known. Okay, so I would. Hmm. Or anybody in the crime area, I guess. Okay, I think I would pick Jazamari. Oh, awesome. Um, with ending with, so not to like butt up into um, aftermath. You could talk about her, like just like the the um the last episode about her could be her on Endor realizing the Empire is losing and just switching sides. Like she's like it's described that she had drawing a Leia. beat on Leia, right? Yeah, and she uh, yeah and. It's, She's just like she realizes the winds are changing. She's like, I'm, I'm gonna switch allegiances. Um, and then she also meets uh, Sinjir just just briefly in in passing on Endor. Um, and then another one. And I'm not just doing this to be like sound cool, like random um, bounty hunters. But I don't know, maybe Cad Bane. Um, You'd be like somebody like interesting, but um, I'm, I'm trying to think of all the different bounty hunters, or maybe like, or just something crazy like Bosk. Yeah, I was gonna, I was leaning toward Bosk too. I was like, that would be fun to see like Bosk's origins, or maybe like a job Bosk goes on. I think you could probably do if you're gonna do this format for bounty hunters, you could just do like pick five of them and give them each like a 15 minute episode and then have like a six episode where they all have to like work on a job together or something, mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. It'd be, it'd just be like a fun concept. I just like the idea. Like I said, when this came out on our Twitter, I said, if this were a comic book, you, you would know other versions of this comic book are coming, right? Like here's six shorts about a Jedi. Here's six shorts about a Sith. Here's six shorts about from the Republic. Right. And so on and so on. Um, and it's like this idea of thinking about what else they could do in this space. The crime um, stuff would actually be pretty interesting. The, the underworld, I could uh, get behind that. Shoot, I would love something with Dr. Afra. Um, I mean, that's the name I haven't oh, mentioned. Oh, hell yes. Um, could, could they make it a, doc, a Dr. Afra that is um, PG-13? <laughs> um, sure. um yeah she's yeah the indiana jones but an asshole more like belloc um yeah that is a cool concept i would i would totally dig something like that even with andor the the political stuff has got me got me kind of like intrigued now before political stuff is just like west wing house of cards yeah Andor, I'm all about the politics now. I'm just like, this is cool. But granted, there isn't a whole lot of politics. It's more like the, the kind of the scheming behind the scenes of the politics. Stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of backstabbing. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah, a lot of maneuvering people, I guess, is what I meant. All right. So I don't know if we want to do the whole character rating thing too or not, but sure. Yeah, okay. we, yeah we can. I, okay. I have one picked out. Tee it up. Okay. So um, so now's the time where we do our ranking. We rank episodes by characters. So usually a really great episode would be a original trilogy character, Han, Luke, Leia, Vader, Chewie, etc. A really bad episode would be something like... Um, no, not Pondo Baba. Maybe like the guy Cassian shoots in the back at the beginning of Rogue One. The uh, the guy with the gimp arm, yeah. Yeah, but even then he kind of serves a purpose. But you get the idea. So it could be, it could be the cop and/or accidentally headbutts to death. <laughs> the the premix security officer that doesn't even get a name. Oh yeah, yeah, because the other one gets a name because it turns out he's just a fuck up. Okay, so what would you what would you rank these? I, mean, I really liked it a lot, um, so I think I'm I'm going to give it a Mon Mothma. It's a character that I've really grown to appreciate even more. Like I really loved her in Rebels, um, and she makes a cameo in the last episode of this. And but Nandor, she is a star, and mm-hmm. she's critically important to the rebellion. And I really I am on pins and needles. What's going to happen to her in the finale? Yeah. He would have thought she was just kind of like a, a bit player, just like, oh, she's supposed to be Mon Mothma, but she's not really ever seen doing anything in Revenge of the Sith. And now, you know, it's the same actress, right? I never I never looked that up. Just scroll down to the bottom. She's the woman that plays the voice of Mon Mothma in Rebels. No, it is the same actress. It is? Yeah. Genevieve uh, O'Reilly. Oh, you're right. I didn't scroll down far enough. You're right. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm taking crazy pills. Um, no, it's. I pick Phasma because Phasma looks really cool. Um, but there's just kind of a dis. There's a air of disappointment with Phasma because it feels like there's this cool character that was just very underused in the sequels uh, trilogy. Another character that got a book devoted to her that really fleshed out her story. Mm-hmm. That is actually pretty rife for being retconned. Uh, yeah, I, I, it could. I don't. I don't see it happening. But maybe they decide to like start digging into, make a make a series in the um, first order, the era in between the two movies where the first order is building up. And the New Republic is just kind of slowly shitting the bed. Um, I guess around the time of the uh, Poe Dameron comics. So I could see that. I I hope not, because that's just that'd just be one more thing. Just be like, really? Yeah, but, I actually think there was a continuity error with her armor. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I thought she, I thought she, her armor came from. No, her armor does come from a Naboo yacht. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay. There's something weird about her armor, like the backstory of her armor, that doesn't quite link up with the book. But it's fine. Sorry. Not to go back to the continuity discussion. Yeah, the, the visual... Um, yeah, like the visual dictionaries that uh, that come out as like companion pieces to like every movie, you kind of got to take them with a grain of salt because somebody will change something. And then they're just trying to flesh out everything they can think of. 
until somebody decides to change it in in a canon story, then it's kind of like, okay, so that really doesn't count anymore. Yeah, those books are written by Pablo almost always, right? Those visual dictionaries, he's he's almost always the one writing those. I actually saw a really funny thing, not to digress again, because we're I'm sure we're super long on time, but uh, I saw a funny thing about uh, people saying that they should never name Yoda's species after Yaddle makes an appearance in the other episodes we're going to cover next week. Um, and then somebody points out that in a visual dictionary, his species is named as Tridactyls. Huh. And Pablo weighed in with like a LOL, you're a moron. Tridactyl means three-fingered. Mm-hmm. And that's what the visual dictionary was saying, is that their hands are tridactyled, not that the species is tridactyled. Um, and I just thought that was a funny like little aside. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's a legitimate... This is old Star Wars, too. There's a legitimate, because of a visual dictionary, I think it was Revenge of the Sith, um, or one of the prequel ones, that there was a legitimate argument for a while that... Tridactyl was the name of Yoda species. Anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah, I find that uh, pretty funny. Okay, so, all right. All right good recording. Um, yeah. We'll return next week with the Dooku three episodes um, from Tales of the Jedi, and then we'll, we will get back to our Clone Wars walk um, where we're rolling die. But we're not going to roll a die this week because we just want to do Tales of the Jedi and not run the risk of having to do another Ewoks episode. Yeah, yeah, and you can find us, um, if it still exists by this time it comes out, we are still on Twitter semi-passively, but we are looking at other alternatives um, in, in the meantime. So you can always find us on um, Twitter. We have a uh, We have a subreddit that... <laughs> has only been visited by two people, you and myself. And uh, you recently signed us up for uh, Hive Social. Yeah, we, we have a Hive and an Instagram that is not very active. Yeah. We have a Facebook page that I don't update. And we've got a Reddit group that is, is not posted anything yet. But I don't know. Social media right now just seems exhausting. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to keep people informed about the show. Um, just rate and subscribe and tell your friends. Yep, yep. And if you want to buy Yubcast for forty-four billion, forty-four million, forty-four dollars, you know, let us know. I won't sell it for forty-four cents. I'm drawing the line. <laughs> thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yubnub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, Please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only.
Ah, 